Exodus 8. We got into the plagues last week that God was pouring out onto Pharaoh and the people of Egypt because they uh, had refused to let God's people go. Pharaoh would not listen to God. He would not listen to the message that had come through Moses and Aaron that God had said, look, let my people go. And so as a result of that, God is beginning to pour out some plagues onto the land. Last week we saw that God turned uh, the Nile River and all the water around uh, into blood, the text said. And so uh, the water was not, they weren't, didn't have any clean water to drink. It says the fish in the Nile died. It was just a nasty, stinky mess. But it didn't, didn't even phase Pharaoh. It did, he didn't even pay any attention to it. It really had no effect on him uh, seeing God's power at hand. And tonight God is going to go a little further and to try to get Pharaoh's attention and to try to get him to let the people of Israel go. So... Let's read through the text. Well, actually, let's pray, and then we'll read through the text. Father God, we come to you tonight. I pray that you would just help us to to get some good out of this word tonight. Help us to see what's going on uh, with your people. Help us to see what's going on with Pharaoh. Help us to see what's going on through you, dear Lord. Help us to see these plagues, but also help us maybe to see some, some, some areas in the text here that can relate to our life, maybe some things that that we see that maybe we're doing the same thing, maybe some areas where we need to pay attention, God. You are trying to get Pharaoh's attention, God, and there may be times in our life that you have tried to get our attention or maybe are trying to get our attention. So, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just speak through us, uh, to us through this text tonight, and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus 8, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go in to Pharaoh and tell him, This is what Yahweh says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. But if you refuse to let them go, then I will plague all your territory with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs. They will come up and go into your palace, into your bedroom, and on your bed, into the houses of your officials and your people, and into your ovens and kneading bowls. The frogs will come up on you, your people, and all your officials. So the first plague, God turned the Nile into blood, and now he is about to bring frogs upon the land. Now we talked last week that that, uh, this could have come about in a natural way, some things that God put into motion, or it could have come about in a supernatural way. That is, God could have just said, let there be a lot of frogs, and just made the frogs appear and go. We don't know how it happened, but we know it happened, and we know that God uh, was behind it. And God is telling Pharaoh uh, through Moses and Aaron, this is what is about to happen if you don't let the people go. Now, this was not just simply, there were a lot of frogs in the way, like, oh, there's frogs, and how are these frogs kicking out of the way, they're bothering me. It It was much more than there were just frogs in the land. Uh, what, what God was bringing on the people of Egypt had great far-reaching effects. And he goes into detail saying that, look, there are going to be frogs everywhere. They're going to be in your homes. They're going to be in your ovens. So every part of your life is going to be affected by uh, this wrath that God is pouring out on the people of Israel. Can you imagine that for a second? We kind of, last week, imagine not having any fresh water, the stench of the fish uh, dying in the Nile. And now could you imagine after coming off of that, I don't know how much time passed between these two things, but then coming off of that, and now God is about to bring another plague onto the land. 
Could you imagine getting home at night after a hard, tired day and you go home and there are frogs everywhere. They're in your bed, they're in your house, they're in your shower. You can't escape it. They're everywhere you go. You can't even eat a meal. Frogs are jumping all over everything you're trying to make. They're in your oven. They're in your refrigerator. It is a bad deal. So it's not like, oh, there's a lot of frogs around. How inconvenient that must be. No, there were a lot of frogs everywhere in every aspect of the Egyptians' life. And that's what God is telling them. Look, there are going to be frogs everywhere. So let's see what happens after this. Verse 5. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, canals, and ponds, and cause the frogs to come up onto the land of Egypt. When Aaron stretched, stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But the magicians did the same thing by their occult practices and brought frogs up onto the land of Egypt. Now verse 7 there, uh, it, it begs the question for me, well, how did, how did that happen? I don't know. I'd love to know how that happened because last week we saw uh, the uh, magicians of Pharaoh turn the water into blood after Moses had, and Aaron had already turned all the water into blood. Where did they get the water from? I don't know the answer to that question. If there were already frogs all over the land, where did more frogs come from? Where did these frogs that they called come from? I don't know the answer to that question. But uh, we see here that they were able to do something in the same sense as to what uh, Moses and Aaron were able to do. And perhaps that was part of the reason why Pharaoh was not so willing to trust the Lord. I really don't know. But as we saw at the beginning, Pharaoh didn't acknowledge who the Lord was. But we're about to see, at least in the text tonight, that Pharaoh was kind of starting to have a little bit of change of heart, it would appear in the verses that we are about to read. Verse 8, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Ask Yahweh to remove the frogs from me and my people, then I will let the people go and they can sacrifice to Yahweh. So Pharaoh got it. Pharaoh, Pharaoh knew that the only way that this was going to stop was by the power of the Lord. He knew that there was no way that this was going to stop unless God stopped it. So in some sense, he began to recognize the power of God. And he said, look, Moses, Aaron, you've got to go to God. You've got to tell him to make this stop. You've got to tell him to get rid of these frogs. Verse 9, Moses said to Pharaoh, you make the choice rather than me. When should I ask on behalf of you, your officials, and your people, that the frogs be taken away from you and your houses and remain only in the Nile? Tomorrow, he answered. Moses replied, As you have said, so you may know, there is no one like Yahweh our God. The frogs will go away from you, your houses, your officials, and your people. Now, isn't that interesting that, that, that uh, Pharaoh, uh, these frogs came onto the land. Pharaoh's own magicians were able to make some frogs come in some way, shape, or form. But yet, Pharaoh didn't call his own magicians to try to make the frogs leave. He knew that there was no one else he could call on other than the Lord. So, uh, we kind of see that, that, that Pharaoh gets that this God of the Israelites, Yahweh, that he didn't recognize is a pretty powerful God. And Moses says, look, you're going to see this happen. God is going to make these frogs pull back. They're going to go back into the Nile, and you're going to see God's power through this. The frogs will go away from you, your houses, your officials, and your people. The frogs will remain only in the Nile. After Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord for help concerning the frogs that he had brought against Pharaoh. 
The Lord did as Moses had said. The frogs in the houses, courtyards, and fields died. They piled them in countless heaps, and there was a terrible odor in the land. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine the land coming off of the Nile, which had been turned to blood, all the dead fish, and now on top of that, you've got all of these dead frogs piled up in heaps. Can you imagine the stench and the odor? So not only was, it's not like just the frogs all of a sudden went away and everything was back perfect again. They were still facing the consequences. They were still facing the effects of God's wrath being poured out through them. And so you can only imagine the stench that would be coming up from these frogs and from the dead fish that happened earlier. In verse 15, But when Pharaoh saw there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them as the Lord had said. So just for a second there, just for a second at the beginning, it almost seemed like Pharaoh was going to change his mind, like he was going to turn to God. God, you've made these frogs come. Please just let these frogs go. I'll do what you want me to do. Just, just let them go. Just, take, just get rid of them. And God got rid of the frogs. He pushed them back to the Nile. And what did Pharaoh do? Pharaoh eh, kind of went back on his word. He wasn't quite so ready to be obedient to the Lord. He wasn't quite so ready to, to surrender and say, Yahweh, the God of Israel, is God. You people go and worship your God. He, he almost seemed like that. He, he tried to bargain with God a little bit at the beginning and said, Look, God, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. And how many times in our life have we possibly done the same thing? How many times in our life maybe have we been in a bad situation and we said, God, if you'll get me through this, if you'll answer this prayer, I'll never do this thing again. I'll never do that thing again. Perhaps some of us have prayed a similar prayer or made a similar statement and then broken our promise to the Lord. We've got to be careful when we make promises to the Lord. That's a pretty big deal. And it's easy for us to look at Pharaoh and maybe say, boy, how could he do that? He promised. How could he say, oh, God, just take it away? And then go back on his word and say, well, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to trust you after all, Lord. Perhaps we do the same thing in our life. Perhaps in some ways we're not quite so different from Pharaoh. Because it was Pharaoh's disobedience. It was his rejection of the Lord. He, he failed to acknowledge Yahweh as God. And as a result of that, uh, things begin to get really messy we saw last week. And he still wouldn't listen to God and things begin to get a little messier. And then for a second there, he, he, he said, look, God, make these things go away and, and the things went away. But then he was right back to his old ways. And we kind of see this pattern with Pharaoh. If Pharaoh would have just done right, if he would have just done good, if he would have just listened to the Lord, things would have gotten much better, much quicker. But because he didn't, things began to get worse and worse and worse. And it affected every aspect of of his life, of the people of Egypt's life. You know, in our life, it isn't so different. When God calls us to be obedient, when God calls us to live a righteous life, when God calls us to follow his commands and we don't do that, then we begin to experience some messes in our life. We begin to live more in sin than we do in fear of the Lord. And that has effect on every aspect of our life. Just as the frogs made it into the kitchens and everywhere that there were, so sin uh, can find its way kind of into every crease and crack and crevice in our life. And it affects our life and it affects uh, those around us just as Pharaoh's decision affected the people of Egypt. 
And so we've got to be careful too. We've got to be careful that maybe we're not making the same bad decisions that Pharaoh made. That is, is God trying to get our attention and we're not listening? And there may be some frogs that are coming into our life. I couldn't help but think about my sister when I read this text because she is deathly afraid of frogs. And there was one night, we, I was a teenager, I don't know, 14 years old, 13, 14, and we were all in the bed, me and mom and dad, we were, we were asleep, and, and, uh, and all of a sudden, I was awoken from my sleep just with screams, ah, just crying and screams. And so I opened my door, and the, when I opened it, I saw my dad run by, he run outside, my sister was out there screaming, she was crying, he opened the door, and I was standing right behind him, and he said, what's the matter, what's going on, are you okay? And she was screaming and crying, and she said, It's a frog by the door! And she was just deathly afraid, and she wouldn't even come close to the door. She was screaming, and she was crying, and she was doing everything she could to avoid that frog that was sitting at the door. She did not want to get near it because there was a fear there. And what if we were that way with sin in our life? What, are we, what if we were that way with things that didn't need to be in our life? What if we were that way with the frogs that we didn't want in our life? What if we saw those things that God told us not to do and we listened to what God told us to do and when we saw those things we weren't supposed to, we stood at a distance and we screamed and cried and we said, we're not getting close to it. We're not going near that. I don't want to have anything to do with that frog. If we, if we treated sin that way in our life, if we really feared the Lord and Pharaoh did not, if we really feared the Lord and we stayed away from sin, Boy, we'd be in a lot better shape. But too many times, we may be more like Pharaoh than we should be. That is, we've seen God try to get our attention. We may even have experienced some bad effects in our life, some frogs in our life, and things are getting messier and messier and messier. Ain't it something that there's a frog outside croaking right now? It's like on cue, right? Ain't that crazy? That's a gecko, isn't it? I don't know. But... Let us examine our own lives and let us see. Look, maybe there are some messes that, that, that we've got that we need to get through and they're because, of, just like Pharaoh, we're not being obedient to the Lord. Let's pray. God, I come to you now and I thank you for, for these words and I pray that you would just uh, help us to get it. God, help us to, to, to want to be obedient to you. God, help us not to make promises to you. Sometimes we do that here where we get in the mess and we just say, oh God, if you just help me, we'll, we'll do better. And dear Lord, help us to do that. Help us to do better. Help us not to be those that, 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 that talk big, dear Lord, and say we're going to serve and then uh, fail to follow through, fail to, to recognize your graciousness and your mercy, dear Lord, and serve you in the way we should. And God, I pray that you would help us to, to not allow sin to kind of get into areas of our life, not to overtake us, that we see these areas that your word tells us, God, what's going to happen if sin gets into our life. It's going to come in this area and come in that area and, and affect our life in so many ways, dear Lord. So let us be obedient to you. Let us say yes to you, dear Lord, and no to sin so that we won't have to experience uh, the, the consequences of that, God. We see what it means to experience your power, God. We see that through these, through these plagues. We see what happens. We see how miserable it is, God, when, when we reject you. We see that through Pharaoh's life. God, maybe some of us have experienced that to some extent in our own lives, God. So God, help us not to be those who reject you, but help us to be those who rejoice in you, who accept you, who are obedient to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.